Previously, on the Left Behind Game Club's Walking Dead Saga. You are outside, there's zombies everywhere, and you're trying to find shelter. Um, after like some really close calls and some really bad first-person shooting, uh, you end up finding a house where things kind of settle down behind a gate. And what happens next is you um, go to town to find a boat. Yes, uh, we end up in the uh, sewers uh, where we're trying to find a way out yeah like there's a point where like spoilers you go to Crawford to get some uh, some specific items so essentially you everyone gets all the things they need um, but zombies are everywhere you need to escape and that's when Bree uh, there's a confrontation before things really get bad and it's really it's related to Ben and what Ben did in the last episode you get bit Lee the main character um, gets bit in his arm, and as soon as that happens to me, I'm like, "Oh no! Is this the end of the story? Like, what's what's going on?" And you get the quick time event that comes up saying, "Hey, do you show the bite or do you not show the bite?" Welcome to episode 114 of Left Behind Game Club. This week we play episode five of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Without further ado, let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Mo Murtadi. More zombies, let's go. To wrap up our Telltales The Walking Dead series, we have a guest who's been on the show four times before, coming back for the fifth time, Cam Hawkins. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to... I'm, well, I'm glad. I'm excited. I'm not glad. I'm definitely not glad, but I'm excited. <laughs> To talk about the final episode of The Walking Dead. If people want to find you and your work on the internet, where, where's the best place they can do that? Uh, I'm currently doing uh, freelance stuff. Uh, where So I'm basically, you know, uh, up for hire, if, if uh, that, that makes sense. And then I'm also currently a uh, co-host on IGN Unlocked, which is IGN's Xbox podcast and the number one Xbox podcast in the world. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. We are so happy to have you back on the show. Uh, today we are talking about uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, episode 5, titled No Time Left. Developed and published by Telltale Games, initially released on November 20th, 2012. Gentlemen, tell me where we ended episode 4 because it ended in, in quite the bombastic fashion. It's hard to it's hard to explain everything without summarizing the entire episode, but more or less, um, you know, there was a, a doctor or a was yeah he was a doctor who was uh, helping uh, Lee and Co with things throughout the episode, and uh, he at the end of the at the end of the episode he basically offered to take Clementine off of Lee's responsibility because he thought that she would be safer with him and in his group. And, uh, you know, he said no. Uh, and then, uh, Lee ends up getting bitten out of nowhere during this sense of like calm and like, you know, this, this optimistic, uh, point in time where things just feel like things are looking up for the better. He gets bitten 
you decide whether or not you want to show the bike to the group. Um, and uh, while you're looking, and this is all while you're looking for Clementine, and you basically th- uh, think that it's uh, Vincent that takes her because she, she's missing. You go I think to it's where? Vernon. Or Vernon. Vernon. Sorry, Vernon is his name. Yeah, correct. Uh, Vernon. Uh, you go to like the area where Vernon is, like, and his and his crew was like held at, and no one is there. And uh, the real person behind taking Clementine talks to Leah uh, through the radio, and that is how the episode ends. And it, episode five opens with a very, again, quick series of events. But truly, the first thing that you have to address is the bite on on your arm. And one thing we didn't mention, if you listened to the last episode, is that your group can be very different depending on the choices that you made in the fourth episode. So I think we had very similar groups. But just to note, if you are playing it, you may have a group that's just you. It may just be you and Kenny. It could be a group involving you, Lee, Kenny, Krista, and Omid. Um, you are, you are, yeah, you are Lee. Lee, Kenny, Omid, and Krista. Um, but I think the first big choice that you're faced with, I think is one of the wildest moments in this entire series yeah. and it involves your arm and potentially cutting it off. Right. Yeah. There's like a surgical saw, um, that, <laughs> you, that, that you guys find and you decide whether or not you want to cut off your arm, hoping that uh, Lee does not get infected. And so first big choice, cut it off or leave it. Mo, you're a first time player. What did you think of this whole sequence and what did you do? Well, I I initially, when I saw that my arm was bit at the end of episode four, my mindset for how I'm playing Lee completely changed. Because before, I was like, let's try to keep the team together. We need to build a community, like be rational and straightforward, but still have a little bit of compassion. But once I saw the arm was bit, and based off everything we've seen, my brain's like, all right, he's turning, um, and I need to watch out for the best interest of the group. So I went with the flow of whatever they want. I don't want to add any input or influence besides like maybe make it quick if you're going to take me out because I could be a threat for the team and it'd be it'd be very, very, I guess, um, selfish for me to say, hey, don't do this, do it this way. I'm just like, whatever you guys think, I've, I've set up a framework of showing you who I am, like helping and being compassionate. If they want to just kill me right now, cool. If they want to do whatever. So for the sawing off the arm, most of my options, I kind of didn't choose the any of them it was like let's see how the group talks and that the decisions were very quick too so they kind of they ate up all the time and most of my responses were like whatever you want whatever you guys need so yeah i did chop off the arm because that works cool if it doesn't i have blood loss and i died that's lee's fate for right now it's let's see how it goes i uh i cut off the arm as well i i think that it doesn't really lead to much but I wanted to be reminded of how brutal it was, just how like Krista takes the surgical saw, no anesthetic, no painkillers, oh, yeah. and just starts to saw the arm. It was disgusting. It was to- even though it's cartoony, disgusting. Cam, do you feel the same way? I mean, uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, cut uh, the arm off uh, the side. I kept contrarian. it. I was, yep. <laughs> So what happens? I think there's not much that, like, it's just like a cosmetic change, but what happens story-wise? Do you just faint and they're um, like, we didn't cut it off? Yeah, basically, um, he's just like, nah, don't do it. Just keep an eye on me. And then he basically also, like, uh, does a mention that uh, he wants both of his arms to, like, basically kill the person that took Clementine. 
And it's it's wild because you're immediately like pushed to hey zombies are around. You're pushed to climb a ladder with your recently amputated arm, get up to up to the roof where you realize that you know you're gonna have to cross to the other side of town, and you do that by activating or not activating by ringing the bell. But again, there's there's a fun series of events where you you talk to your your compatriots if you have them, and you see a bell. And somehow you're the man just had an amputated arm. You're going to take a ladder and you're going to be the one to like use it to cross a building to ring the bell to get the zombies to come towards you. So your path towards Clementine and her captor are safe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, there was a lot of stuff, though. But like in that sequence of you like deciding to get into the elevator and become that superhero that like drags yourself up with one arm that I found was very like slow and like, I want to say, like, like you almost want to bash your head against the, the desk because, like, it's tough to figure out, like, where to go to get the next item. And we had the situation with the train in, the, I think, the previous episode or episode three. So that it wasn't, like, smooth as butter to get to that, like, bell situation for me. It was a lot of, like, where do I go? Okay, I have to look for something. Okay, I'll eventually I just kind of did a quick search. Like, where can I find this stuff? Because I assumed it was going to be another train situation where you're just collecting items. You're, you're playing on Switch, right? Yeah. Every everything good there, like technically. Yeah, I had. I don't think I had a single issue on the switch so far. Fingers crossed. Well, actually, we finished uh, episode one, two, three, four, and five, but there wasn't anything that I would have no- like noticed, or maybe if someone did have something like that and they mentioned it in like the Discord, maybe I can connect the dots. But it was very smooth. Okay. I think. So you make your way from the roof after the bell is is rung. And your group immediately says, hey, we need to go and, and find our boat and then we'll go get Clementine. So you go back to the old mansion from, I believe it was episode four, and you find that your boat has been taken. So who took the boat, y'all? What happened? Oh, a friend from a previous episode and their group took the boat. That's great. I love that. Uh, and that's when you realize, you know, after your boat's been taken, that um, you have to... Um, defend yourselves because there's tons of zombies coming. Yeah. So that's when you have to like barricade yourself in the house. And this, in, in this episode, there are like two or three sequences that I really love. And this is one of them, despite the shooting being a little tough. Yeah. I, I actually, for some reason, this is, you know, so first of all, we're playing a zombie game. So there's not that much realism or things we can expect. Um, and there's a lot of like uh, cartoonish things, but there is one situation. The one you mentioned now where you're sit barricaded in the end of a hallway and there's zombies coming at you, and you're all just shooting the remaining ammo that you have? For what? So good. But, like, why? Why wasting it on this? You could have just left or figured out a way to escape, and they're like, let's just stand here, blow everyone's eardrum out, because there's no ear protection in there. Everyone's wearing t-shirts, blasting hot shells. They're guaranteed there's burn marks all over people's necks and arms, because they're standing right next to each other. So, that's my unreasonableness rant, and I'll stop it there. Everything else was fine in the game. (laughs) I love how you're you're like it's a zombie apocalypse, but I want to talk about safety. Safety, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, how are you going to hear the if your your eardrums are blown out because homeboy next to you is shooting a forty four in your ear? Like, come on. I loved the way that that uh, sequence was kind of set up, like from a, a scene perspective. Imagine that there's like a big desk that's blocking zombies' way. They're coming around a blind corner. You have a limited amount of bullets, and people are calling out like. Hey, how many bullets do you have? Couple, what do you have? Three, four, and you just shoot the, the bullets you have left. And it even if you hit every single headshot, zombies will still come get you. Yeah. 
And that's when you have to go to the attic again, returning to uh, the attic where you had to, to kill a small boy in a previous episode. Oh, and that's when you're faced with, with your second tough choice. Um, Kenny, obviously still a very, very sad man based on what happened. Um, and he finds some alcohol, I believe. And that's when you get the option to essentially free your emotions towards Kenny or as he's kind of drunkenly going on a tirade, just allow him to have his moment. I, I, I don't think, again, it was a, it was a big decision, but I want to know, Cam, do you remember what you did there? Uh, yeah, like, so, I mean, this, this time I, you know, last time I just like kind of let him do his thing, but this time I was just like, uh, just as someone who, <laughs> someone who's played through the game enough times, just like, I, I think this is the time where I realized I was like, man, like, th- like this dude really doesn't stop complaining. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's just like the first time I was like, okay, he went through a lot of ish. Honestly, Kenny, like, like I've like I've always been like pro, like pro Kenny. Like I like I just like you know I I get his frustrations and things like that. But like this time around, I'm like, bro, you're like at this point, you're just like grasping at straws now. Like everyone's in this situation. Just shut the f*** up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, 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 I uh, kind of went off on him. Yeah, I, I did the same. Mo, did you, did you lose your take or did no. you lose your, uh, your way with him? No, Remember, I, you I'm, just let him have his way. I'm somber. I'm being as calm, cool, and collected. My arm is missing. I might turn any second and bite someone in the neck. So if I see an argument, I just let it figure it out. If he's arguing, I kind of, I went the soft route. Um, everything for the rest of the episode was very, like, What's the best risk to other people? And like, I'm already on my way out. Let's make it graceful. Very fair. Um, you end up finding a hole into a house, basically like through throwing uh, like a, a, a head, like a, a ceramic head. You find that there's a way into the house next door. Make your way into the house next door. Get onto the street uh, and then make your way kind of the, to the rooftops again. And this is when um, a very high stakes moment happens between your crew. Uh, remind us uh, who was who was in your crew again? So I think it it makes a difference here. I had um, everyone but Ben. I had, uh, I think everyone except for Ben. But just to summarize, I think it was Omid, Krista, myself, and um, what's his name? The, the, Kenny. the angry dude. Kenny, yeah, Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> I, I think I also had we we had very similar groups. So imagine I was trying to find it, but I, I couldn't find it. We I, I think we all had very similar groups. Um, but the the high stakes thing is when your the radio gets dropped into like a, a hole on the roof. Yeah, it's just down there. Krista goes to find it and notices that there are tons of zombies around. I I don't know if we've said this before. I don't know if it's even said, but Krista's pregnant, right? Like, is it ever explicitly said that she's pregnant? I think, um... So, you saying that, Jacob, tells me, like, it reminds me of, I think I played through one of the episodes and there was some kind of comment that was made that was, like, implying that maybe there was a kid or something, but I'm not too sure. I, yeah, I think there's a point where, like, you and, like, her and Omid are talking about something and then you're just like, what's going on? And then they're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, and I think that was like kind, of, but I think that there is a point later in this episode where they like mention it that that it is mentioned. Yeah, and I think in the 
is it in the second episode? She's in the second season, not not to skip ahead, but I think she's in the second season and pregnant in the second season. It's Lee's baby. It's Lee. <laughs> <laughs> His legacy um, lives on. His legacy lives on. Uh, the The panic thing is, um, Kenny. Kenny. So you you get a pole. You try to pull her up, and Kenny essentially jumps down in to try and save her with a gun, and he just disappears. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think, Mo? Because again, it's your it's your first time playing. What were What were your initial thoughts when that happened? Man, I was so angry at Krista. Um, like what. Like- <laughs> Like, you why, were angry at Krista. Like, because, like, what? Why are you down there? I just, I just angry at the situation. What? Like, this is another unnecessary situation. I'm like, why? And then Kenny jumps in, like, pretty much risking his life in my in my playthrough, like trying to save her by lifting her up and him being stuck down there. What's going on in my head is I think he knew what he was doing. Like, this is his way, like, to help one last person because he, he he almost seems like he lost the will to like continue moving on and like cam was saying he's complaining the worst things have happened to him i think he went down there just to like to be the hero to say like you know what let, let me help someone out and then when he l- disappeared i'm like there's no way like i think you hear him getting bit and like mauled and attacked i'm like man kenny see you on the other side uh i do want to say that like uh you know for for those because i think we all kind of we all kind of have the same experience but like if you do have um Ben at this point uh basically you I think I think you and Kenny both go down to help Krista get out of there and then Kenny's like I'm gonna like distract them hold them off and then like he runs like around a corner and then like that's kind of like the last time you see him there's like just like really no um uh you know it's very up in the air on whether or not he what happens to him they don't they, you know they don't make any implications or anything like that I would say um so yeah it's um and and i like i like how the game kind of did give him a little bit of closure right before this moment where he's just like talking about cat you know and like how uh how 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 he's like he's you know he was he's he's obviously sad and like upset about her like taking her own life and stuff like that um after duck turned but like he doesn't blame her for it like he forgives forgives her and like i think that's like a a really like important moment for his character you know when when right before like you know on it we at the time we didn't know but right before he was uh seemingly gone so yeah, that's right. He's he's very angry throughout all the episodes, and you're right, Cam. Like that moment, he's like, "I'm I'm angry for what she did, but I forgive her." It is that like final bit of like he's accepting what's happening and moving on from it. So it is that little bit of it is comforting that he had that one moment because he was in a full like chaotic like anything yeah. issue that came up, he was just yelling and screaming, uh, upset about something. Yeah, I feel like he's just at this point now where he's just like, if anything happens, he just wants to like be able to um kind of like a confession like you know that like a, that that someone would say to a priest in in the church like that type of thing just like i like i had my you know i had my issues i i wasn't a perfect person like those type of things uh that's like the kind of feeling i got was just like him just kind of uh saying his piece uh in case anything bad happened um you know later on so 
your path after that is essentially that Lee gets separated from the rest of the group because you try and cross like a very rickety, almost like entry to the town that's that's made of metal rebar or just metal. And so you get separated from your group if, if you have a group. And from there, what happens is you have to make your way through a very big group of zombies using just like, I think it's even just like a, like a piece of metal or a piece of glass and you just have to, or, or, or a cleaver and you just have to like cut your way through zombies. And I don't know how y'all felt, but I thought that again, this episode stylistically is my favorite just because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens. You know, the mm-hmm. scene in the house where, you know, all the zombies are behind the desk. The point where you are just like walking through zombies and chopping them down. The scene that we're going to talk about next. Uh, did you guys feel badass when you were making your way through all these zombies? I was a mix. One, I'm not like you, Jacob, where like I enjoyed a lot of the mechanical aspects. I found it like... Coming from like you know the high paced action games and then like normal uh, first and third person like adventure games, the Telltale games still kind of like get a little bit on my nerves mechanically. Yeah, when you're mm-hmm. moving around and shooting and fighting, and if I felt kind of the same way. So when we're when I was moving through the the mob, I did kind of enjoy the. It was different from before. We're always scared of the the zombies, whereas now Lee's like, I'm going forward. I like that aspect of it. It's like I don't if I die, I die. Like if he dies, he dies. It was, I, I did enjoy it, but mechanically it was getting a little annoying and I was just waiting for it to be timed, right? To hit like B or hit up or whatever it is just to get through that moment. But I think I did kind of maybe enjoyed that moment. Like you asked. I think, I think what Jacob was saying more is just like the variety of things that, that you get to mm. do, um, which, you know, so there's like an action paced one. There's one where it's just like, you know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, that one of the first episodes of the TV show where uh, Rick and uh, and Glenn are, like, you know, putting guts all over them to, like, stealth through the crowds of the zombies. But this time it's like, oh, like, Lee... And, and the thing is, like, I don't think a lot of people think about this as well, but I think that this is kind of, like, the moment where you get that confirmation that, like regardless of you cut off your arm or not like lee is not coming back from this because the walkers don't detect him because he's starting to smell like a walker you know what i mean like he's 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 already beginning to turn like it's very it's a very like small attention to detail there that like uh i don't think a lot of people think about when that scene begins because it's also still you know you're so like in the moment because it's also such a you know, uh, what's the right word? Tense. It's a really, it, yeah, it's, it's tense. You know, it's gripping. It's a, it's a, it's one of those situations where you're just like, all you're thinking about is specifically trying to get through this crowd and get to Clementine. But you, you know, and the, and the on the back end, it's just like, oh, this is, uh, this is it. Like Lee's not going to get out of this. Um, I think the tension continued. In the next part of this, which I think is one of the best moments in the entire uh, in the entire series, and that's the confrontation with the stranger inside of the hotel room, who is actually played by the same voice actor who did Chuck, 
Uh, he also plays Mojo Jojo in the <laughs> Powerpuff Girls, so it really shows you the breadth of his Spectrum, voice acting yeah. chops yeah. and experience. But I don't know how you guys felt, but this was like very tense, and there were some moments in there that I I will always remember or remember for a long time. Mo, it was your first time in this entire scene. Do you want to maybe set it up for us? Um, sure. Uh, I don't have the. I th- hopefully, if I miss anything, please uh, pat it in. So I think you enter in and um, you see this weird guy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I, I was like coming out of left field. Don't know what's going on. And I think that's when he is. He, is this when he makes you make your decision to give up your weapons or not? Is that? Yeah, this is the the third tough choice, which is: do you tell him you have weapons or do you keep your weapons on you? Yeah, and you. I think you hear Clementine's voice too, um, like as like a confirmation that she's behind like some door. And then that's when he asked to like give up the weapons. I right away was like, whatever happens, I'm going to turn into a zombie. Um, so let's talk this one out. I think calm, cool, and collected might help. This guy seems a little angry for some reason. Um, he is armed. So let's just kind of see how talking goes. So I gave up all of my stuff. Um, I was like one of, th- I think 30% of people gave up their, their weapons. So I don't know what happens if you don't. Yeah, so on the platform I was on, 80% of players kept their weapon, including me. Yeah. Because my thought is, like, it's it's behind me. Like, I'm almost dead anyway. So, like, I'm going to take whatever I can into this fight just in case I have the opportunity to use it. Did you feel the same way, Cam, on that? Yeah, I did the same. Uh, yeah, I did the same. Like, any other situation, like, again, I'm trying to do, like, the opposite of what I did before. And the situation... You know, nor- normally in a situation, I would just been like, hey, "Here's my weapon, don't kill me." But this time, I'm like, "All right, let's get like, let's hold out the weapon and see what happens." Oh, I'm excited to know what happens because I was, I was kind of half regretting it, but at the same time, I'm like, I, "Let's save Clementine." Like, a gun sh- gunfight is not going to be the best thing for her behind that wall. Um, so I'm, I kind of wanted to avoid shooting in that space with her so close. And so the stranger essentially is is i don't want to call him a plot device because he's more than that but what he does is he walks through all of or some of the choices that you made because you come to find out that one choice that i i think in a last episode i called inconsequential i'm like why is this car thing here it doesn't matter at all remember yeah. from i think the second episode when you have a chance to steal yeah. from a car well yeah. it's because it was his car it was his family stuff and if you stole from him, he tells you, like, you. I don't care if you didn't steal from me. Your group stole from me. And that's when I started stalking you. Mm-hmm. And stalking you, is, a, is a strong word. Yeah. And, like, he, he also made that, like, the story, too, where he's, like, his spouse or partner at the time um, told him, like, he had, he had to go get supplies. And if he didn't, they're over. And now he's just holding this, like, vendetta against whoever took his stuff, a.k.a. Lee. And I, I just thought it was a huge stretch. And I could see this guy that was has been not to use the word, bad terminology but he is gone like he was his his self is gone he's just he's operating almost on robo pilot sorry on like autopilot um just trying to like maybe connect back with his memories and like using lee as the the, the, the scapegoat for all of his bad actions in the past too like I, I don't know what getting rid of lee or hurting lee is going to do to his sanity but for some reason he's convinced like this is the guy that's going to solve my problems i have to get rid of him my problems will be gone yeah i think this is a uh... I think this is, like, kind of the part where, like, you really recognize how genius this game is of just how it's, you know, the villain is literally the person that just basically judges you on everything that you've done 
<laughs> and you know, like it, it's one of those things where I wouldn't say that like he makes every like regardless of what your choice is, like whether you you know it's like you know because like when you play through this game the first time, you think that this choice is like the best choice, right? So it's just like I wouldn't say that they like he makes it seem like that all the choices that you made were like bad. Or, like, wrong, but it definitely, I think it definitely makes you uh, rethink all the choices that you made to a certain degree, and whether or not you think, I I think that, like, this, like, this point of the game, like, almost every time I finish the game, because of this specific scene, it makes me want to replay through the entire game again, you know what I mean, and just try, try and experience it in a new way, um, and... It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really, really great. Um, and and it, it, especially because, like, just the way that this narrative is structured, it just, ma- yeah, again, it makes the car, like, the car decision at the end of the second episode feel so, like, irrelevant to the overall story. And then you realize, and then, like, finding out that that was the key to everything the entire time, it's, it's a, this game is fantastic. This game is just fantastic. Yeah, and I I I'm certain that I said that I didn't know why it was in there and it seemed out of place, but it's because I've not played this game for probably like 7 or 8 years. So, I take back what I said. It makes a lot of sense in hindsight. But there's one part that we haven't touched on and it's the bowling bag at his feet. Yeah. Yep. Mo, what you what'd you think? That was the official when I heard him speaking to his wife inside of the bowling bag, bag, bowling ball bag, it was like, okay, I wish I had my gun because like, we're not, <laughs> we're not dealing with someone who's going to be rational and have a conversation. It's, this is a threat to Clementine if I'm not here and a threat to me right now. So let's see how, like I, my assumption was like when they showed that I'm like, okay, we're not talking through this. Something has to happen because this guy's like lost it. That's what I thought. And that that's when, you know, he's talking to the bowling bag, bowling ball bag, which has his wife's head. I think his wife's zombified head inside of it because you hear like a little like from the bag and you see Clementine come out of the bathroom because she essentially figures out how to get the rope away from the bathroom door. She opens it. And as he's looking down, you have the option to essentially like with your eyes point at a weapon for her to grab and Cam, for you and I, as someone who kept their weapon on them, it actually came, in this case, to bite us in the butt. Because if you kept the cleaver on the table, she had an option between a lamp, a bottle, and a cleaver instead of just a bottle and a lamp. Mm. Yep. Does it make a difference, though? Because like, in my playthrough, she still like bashed his head. I Actually, since I did give up my weapons, I still selected the, the bottle. <laughs> and like that's what she used to uh, to, to hit the dude. In the head, but sorry, sorry to jump a little two seconds ahead, but yeah. no, I, I think that there's not much of a like the end. The end is the same. Yeah, and um, also uh, something worth mentioning um, is that like if you don't choose something, she'll just attack him, just like with no <laughs> weapons, just spider monkey, just on his face, like ah, clawing him or something. <laughs> I want to see what so. that actual playthrough is. Uh, so fight happens and it ends in like, it's, it's a very high stakes fight. It's a very like tense fight, but it ends in you beating up the stranger. 
And you're then given the option of the fourth choice in this game, which in hindsight, I'm surprised I made the choice. But um, what did you guys choose when given the option to kill the stranger or not kill the stranger? Cam, why don't why don't you tell us what you did first and why? Kill that dude? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I mean, like in the past, in the fat, in the past, I've definitely like I, I showed mercy. I was just like, you know, I'm like, I just I just like to go pacifist uh, in like all my games. You know, Mass Effect. I like always did all like I've played through Mass Effect at least three or four times, all the way through, like through, and I've done Paragon each time because I just can't do it in myself to do do renegade you know but uh just because i just i don't know i just love Ma- mass effects uh paragon route but in in this situation like i i told myself i was like i'm just gonna do like all of the opposite things that i would normally do so it's just like oh yeah we're gonna kill this guy how did you feel after you killed him i mean it's one of those things where i mean i like i like ki- like killing someone in a very like What's what's the right word? Intimate. Like you killed them in it, kind it, of cold blood. Yeah, but of. it's like in an intimate scenario. You know, it's not like oh, I'm playing a shooter. Shoot, 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 shoot. Like no, this is like a one-on-one conversation type thing. You're trying to save this, uh, you know, this young girl. It, it, it's a you know, and so in that scenario, like it's and knowing that the, this guy is definitely like has some mental like issues with his with his um regarding like his wife and you know he's mentally scarred basically uh and it's just like he's unpredictable it's it's just the unpre- unpredictability like oh what would happen if i did show mercy or if i didn't uh overpower the, the like the stranger or anything like that what would happen um so for me it was just like He's like you got to kill him because you don't know what he'll do if you don't kill him. You know, you would know because if you, if yeah, exactly, it, yeah, exactly, and if because 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 he basically put all of his cards on the table. Like, hey, my objective in life now is to ruin your life. That is my objective in life. So when like when he says something like that, I'm like, ah, okay. So you need to go away because uh, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> I don't know why I let him live. Like, I I played this whole entire game as somebody who was focused on myself. And I let him live. Which seems like a very out-of-character thing for me to do. And and truly, in hindsight, I'm like, why did I do that? Maybe I, I just, for the first time, like, in this whole playthrough, I felt mercy. Or I was just like, you you already have lost everything you are already like dead in some respects why why kill you mo i i why would i have done that i don't know mo I, what did you do um i i killed him but jacob i think it might be because he guilt tripped you in that little therapy session when he's telling you about all your decisions and walking through them because he doesn't tell you like like cam was saying it's almost like he didn't say like, all your decisions were bad you just say why did you do that why so i think that you almost probably felt that little bit of compassion that he was kind of help figuring out what was going on he went through those decisions with you and you maybe felt like okay i don't want to make another bad decision and he ingrained like killing regardless of situation regardless of rule of law being gone and no societal structure he's saying everything is black and white and i think that might have influenced you to be like maybe he had some kind of point and that stiffened your trigger finger I have played for anyone who's listened to our Telltale series before. 
I have the moniker of the big bad wolf because typically I do like the nastiest stuff in these playthroughs. And this is probably the first time where I didn't do it. So yeah, I guess, I guess the monologue worked. The Shakespearean <laughs> moment yeah. got me. I, I like Cam, I kind of mentioned too, like when I, with my situation, why I decided to take him out was because of that last little sequence when you talk to him and he's talking to a zombie head in a bowling bag. I haven't spoken to Clementine in a while. So like if any, if everything goes, goes bad, I die, this guy dies. She, what is she going to do? Stumble along. She has no direction of where to go. We didn't communicate at all for like anything like that. So in my head, it was very like this guy, if he turns, it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be good in any situation if he comes back to life. And I think as soon as you shoot the first thing Clementine says right away, it's like, it had to be done. He would have turned. I'm like, you learned a lot this series. <laughs> Thanks. Clementine. Uh, let's set up the, the final sequence here. Uh, so you, and, and cam, I, I, I definitely need you're You're going to, you're going to walk us through it once we get to it, but let me just, let me just set us up. So you cover Clement in a bunch of zombie guts so you can walk through and escape you are confronted with tons and tons of zombies. Your bite is, I guess, getting to you. And at some point, you just faint in a pile of zombies. And Clem pulls you into a garage. And this is where kind of the, the final piece of the game happens. Uh, yeah. Cam, do you want to maybe set up the scene here inside the garage? Oh, why do you have to break yeah. my soul like this? Um, But, yeah, so... Man, it... Well, here, let me actually ask a question first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we have a couple questions from the community. Sure. Um, I want to know, uh, this question comes in from Marvelous Iggy. They ask, how many buckets of tears did you cry? <laughs> Your first uh, playthrough. Here, Your first playthrough. <laughs> here's here's the thing. The fir- Like, my first playthrough, I don't think I really cried, but I was legitimately, like... I don't know what it is like I'm not even like saying this to like sound tough because I'm not a tough guy whatsoever like but like most it's really hard for like for me to cry whether it be from a game or for a movie like it has to really hit me and like and I think that like this part was very devastating it just didn't have the build up to that moment that that I think that needed for me to to cry if that makes sense um and but I was definitely like very very sad like on like near the verge of tears I would say, and I just it's just one of those things where it, it's like you don't you don't it's not like you're you're you don't want <coughs> Lee to die, but you also just don't want to say goodbye to these characters like you know what I mean it's it's, it's literally like a it's a kind of like a double edged sword. Where it's just like, you definitely don't want this character to die. And you definitely don't want to say goodbye to these characters. Because, you know, that you've just gone on such this, like, wild, crazy adventure with them. And, um... But it's it's also kind of... I don't want to say, like, it's in any way a positive light. But I just want to say, like, it's kind of like a, a passing of the torch. Like, you know, Lee, like Lee's just like, I'm I'm a goner. You know, this is just something that you you gotta understand, Clementine. Like this is like basically like his last lesson to her of sorts. Just like, hey, you know, you're going to you're going to find new people. You're going to lose new people. You know, you just got to survive. You just gotta like 
do you you have to be you have to adapt you have to be able to do what it takes to survive because you've made it this far you know and and so but like the last thing you got to do is either one just walk away and let lee turn or two you shoot him you have her shoot you um which is it's really interesting for me because like um for me i just like i it just hurts so much of the idea of clementine shooting lee that like the first like the first two playthroughs i was just like nope i'm just gonna walk away i'm i'm gonna let you turn because i do like i do not want clementine to uh kill the person that has like basically helped her survive this entire way through um and but in a and the thing is like you know because i i I showed celia this series um and she did kill lee and i was like i was shocked i was like what i was so i was i was just absolutely devastated to to hear that but then like because or I think I watched her do it. And then, like, when they show, like, the poll at the end, the majority of people did it. And I was, like, I was, like, just so heartbroken, like, thinking about that. But the more I've, like, thought about it throughout the years as to why people do it, it's just, like, I mean, it, I feel like, without getting into the spoilers, I feel like the way they characterize Clementine moving forward was very much in the sense of like you did kill Lee. You did shoot Lee at the end of the game. Like she she very much has like this mentality moving forward that like hey, we got to you got to do whatever it takes to survive. And I think that like that moment that kind of fits more of that characterization for a character moving forward that's like, you know, uh that doesn't include like just like the choices you make throughout the seasons. Uh, moving forward that that is what like if there was like a canonical actual ending to the first season i i do think it it is you know that she does shoot lee but it's it but it it is one of those things that i i understand that like man how can you just make how can you just let lee turn into one of those into a zombie you know into one of those things yeah but it's and the thing is is like oh i want to I really, really hope you guys, like, shortly after this, play through the final season of The Walking Dead, because a lot of these questions, like, about, especially about, like, this final bit of the game, is, like, brought up in a bigger way in the final season, like, hey, do zombies, are zombies, like, are humans still there? Like, do they, like, are they, like, trapped in their mind? Like, is there some sort of, like connection to their previous selves in these zombies Mm -hmm. and um and that's kind of like why i'm just like if if lee is shot then he's gone forever you know it's like you know he's gone forever but like at least if he turns he's still there in some way but then i can also see the mentality of like at least you know he might be gone but he's gone being himself like his 100 genuine self it's a it's such a heavy loaded decision that it's it's just like uh, at this point i can understand the justification behind both 
choices. But I think at the end of the day, just the idea of just doing the act of shooting and killing Lee is just too heartbreaking for for me to to do. I appreciate you bringing up the final season because truthfully, I've not played it. I've played the other. There's there are four seasons, right? Is that how that worked out? There are four seasons. Uh, the second one you play is Clementine completely. The third one you play as a new character, and it's kind of like a one-off story, but Clementine is there. And then the fourth season you play as Clementine again. And again, I, I, I think the, fourth, the last season of The Walking Dead, for me, was my game of the year of 2019. Anyone who knows me knows I love Kingdom Hearts more than any franchise ever. It placed higher than Kingdom Hearts 3 for me. Like, that's how good that game was. Mm-hmm. Even though Kingdom Hearts 3 did not meet expectations... I still think it was my number two game of, of 2019. The Walking Dead, the final season, was my number one game of 2019. It still is to this day. Like, I think at this it, at this point, when I, when I re-ranked my favorite games of all time, it is in my top ten. It is my number six favorite game of all time. Uh, it is, in my opinion, better than the first season, if you ask me. Um, and that at playing that game, I did cry. I cried a lot, like a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where you don't have to really play the second and third seasons to get the full appreciation of the final season. I would still recommend playing them because uh, there are uh, things that I think that people would appreciate by playing through all of them. But I could say that like, hey, you have to know like this one thing and then go into season four knowing that and then you'll be good if that makes sense. Um, but there, there are definitely benefits to playing through the re- the seasons two and three. But yeah, uh, like please, like the you know with the fallout of Telltale and everything like that, like the final season really got just completely overlooked because people were like, oh, I thought like there's some people that like f- still think that that game didn't get finished. It almost didn't come Cause, out because it almost didn't get finished, but it did. And a lot of people still think that I'm like, no, it's complete, it's over. Like please play this game, and it's it's so good. Mo, first time player, uh, what did you do in the end, and and how did it make you feel? Um, so like I started off the episode, I kind of mentioned with the arm being gone, I was just kind of making sure my community is safe in the future. So when given that option, all I could think of was Lee is giving good advice for to Clementine for how she can move on after this. He's kind of dumping as much knowledge as he can. She's She's proven time and time again that she is very resourceful and she could, like, make it kind of thing. And I just kept envisioning myself as, like, okay, this is it. I can't stand up. I'm a liability. I I give her the firearm. I give her all the instructions. And I have to stop being a threat to her. Because the worst thing could happen is I get up eventually. She's walking down the street. And I'm the one ripping her head off or whatever it might be. So it was one of those, like, necessary evils of, like, it's... The, the the cruelty of the world we live in now is different from the cruelty we had a year ago or whatever it might be. This is like the best option. Yes, the other option is she can just move on and like not have to like take me out. But it's it's almost like to save me from the misery of having to live the the life as a zombie and hurting maybe other people. And like two, like maybe this is that little bit of closure that you helped me in my final days. I've given you as much help as I can and like maybe my the good memory of me being a supportive like helper of whatever it might be that's what lives on through like her moving forward and she can kind of think like even to the end I wasn't s- selfish to say hey let me live it's like no 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 like I, 
move on, live your life, and just remember me as, like, the, what I did. And not, like, maybe you seeing me stumbling down the street as a zombie hurting something. So I, I didn't... Maybe the initial, like, me having that arm ripped off oh, gave me a little man. bit of, like, sobriety. It's or maybe, like, it made numb to me, I guess, from making that hard, like, decision. But when I got to that, I didn't really think too much of it. I thought it was the best decision at the time, and I'm I'm okay with it. Dude, this, like, what you're talking about right now is, I, I'm telling you, like, the final season of The Walking Dead, like, focuses on the, these ideas so much. Yeah. And it's... Oh god, it's so good. Like it's I can't say anything without going into spoilers, but man, yeah. like th- yeah, this I think that's like I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a it's a lot of like it's all a lot of really important stuff uh to to consider and like I I and the thing that I think that's really interesting about it is that like I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like I I think like similar it's one of those things where playing through this game three times at this point, I feel like there there isn't as much like I would say variety in like the paths that you can take than I originally thought was possible when playing through it like my first time. Like I was like, oh man, there's got to be like all these different ways that this that these stories develop. But there's a lot of like, oh, regardless of what happens when you get to this point, this is going to happen. You know, like and. I think that at, at first I thought of it as like kind of a criticism to the game, but I actually think it's to its benefit because again, at the end of the day, like I feel like all of your, I think like every decision in the game, you can make a justification behind it. That feels valid, whether you agree with that decision or not. Like, Oh yeah, I get why you did that, but I did it this way because of this reason. So, like, when you do all, like, so when you get to this culmination of this, like, final choice, and you, like, look back at all the, like, everything that's happened, like, at the end of the day, like, it isn't, there, like, everyone's playthroughs, like, are valid on, like, a just justification standpoint, where I think that, like, again, like, if you just had a conversation, it's like, oh, this is why I did this, like, I think it makes sense, and because it's like more tightly, uh, folk like uh, tightly fit on the paths that you can take, that like helps it in its benefit. I hope that makes sense. No, it makes total sense, and and what what I adore is that not only can you make a justification for just about any choice, I as a as a player driving the action had a, a a change in heart as as I went like I came in and I was like I'm gonna be a, a bad guy not a bad guy but I'm gonna be a guy who's gonna be self-centered who's gonna make choices for me and as I go through this episode not only do I make a choice to give man uh you know give the stranger mercy but as Clementine I in my own brain like am merciful towards Lee by doing the exact opposite thing that I did to the stranger where I, I murdered Lee, but out of compassion. I'm like, I know what happens. I don't want to see it happen. I love you. You saved me a bunch of times, but I need to I need to do this because I, I, I guess by killing you, I want to save what humanity is left within you, which again, Cam, I think what you're saying is like, yo, if you, if you think you're going to have struggles with humanity now, wait until you play the final season, right? 
Absolutely. Any final thoughts about this episode uh, before we get into some questions? No, not really. I just I think that this is a game that like a lot of, like a lot of people who aren't big gamers could play. Um, it's very you know it's everywhere. It's like on phones. It's on it's on tablets. Like I think that this is definitely a a, a game that you could like. You know, if you uh, like, still, you know, if you're like in high school or college and you still live with your parents, and like, you know, they might like think that gaming isn't like the best thing to like, <laughs> you know, use your time for. You could. This is a relatively short game that I think that you could just like sit down and show them like this is what gaming can be. Like this is what this is why I love gaming. Like you know, this is like a great example of that in a way like that is approachable to them and it's uh, something that they can use to. Uh, to try and understand um, your love for gaming better, because uh, coming from uh, someone who has two parents who had two who has two parents that do not, uh, you know, my dad did not care about gaming at all, um, and thought it was more or less a waste of time. And my mom as well. Like, granted, they're like they, you know, my dad was supportive when I did the gaming stuff and things took off and like you know things like that. But like growing up. No, <laughs> I got games for my birthday and for Christmas, and that was it. So uh, I didn't get as much uh, games uh, growing up than I do now. So I I am just very surprised that I had such a change in heart based on how I typically play the Telltale games. I know the first time I played this game, like I would have been the Paragon route. I would have just said like, "What is the most moral thing to do when I played in 2012?" But you know, the Big Bad Wolf comes out during Telltale Games on the Left Behind Game Club, and I still cannot believe that I just let myself be compassionate here. So, um that's I guess my biggest surprise, but um I'm really happy these games exist. I, uh-huh. I hate to get like hyperbolic, but I'm I'm very I'm very happy they exist. I'm very happy you can get them on almost anything. And we got a question from um, the greatest story ever played podcast story at Story Ever Pod. They said, "Would you play season two in the future?" I think that given that I've I've like gone and done this again, I one I have to play season two. I have to play season three. I have Walking Dead Michonne that I've never played and and probably you don't, should. You don't. You, sh- you don't then, need to. That, like that. It's, no? a, it's a fun. It's a fun one off. It's a fun one off. But like, it's not any. It's not connected in any way. It's just. It's honestly a game you can knock out in like one sitting. You could like play because no. th- there's only three episodes. It's not five, so you could just sit down, take a day, and play through it. But like, I would definitely prioritize the main series before playing Michonne. Okay, there you go. And I I do need to play the final season for the first time because I'd not done it. So so there there are my thoughts. Mo, do you have any any final thoughts before we get into questions? Yeah, I might be a little bit different um, than both of you. So. My my Telltale game history is everything we played on the podcast. So the Big Bad Wolf, the the Wolf Among Us, uh, that was my first one, and then we did Batman uh, so the good. second time. Had some mechanical issues, and The Walking Dead. Here is the third one. I I enjoyed it, but I'm almost at the point where like the Telltale games for me are not the style of games that I enjoy as much, unless the story is incredible. This one had a really good story. Batman didn't have the best story, but it was fun having the nostalgic characters of like the Joker and all of them. And for me, the Wolf Wolf Among Us had like a lot of the nursery rhyme like characters being bad and like gnarly. So that kind of had that interesting <laughs> little twist to it. But being not one a zombie person or really the Telltale like super fan, I enjoyed my playthrough. But I think I'm closing the book on Telltale 
Walking Dead, but Cam made a huge pitch for that last season that makes me kind of like not want to fully close that book. So I have it creeped open I mean, a bit, and I'm we'll see you, what dog. happens. Like that, if I'm you tell- didn't say that, I would. I don't. I think it would be completely shut and said, you know what? I'm, I've enjoyed it, but my Telltale world is closed. But I'll keep it cracked open for Cam. There's very, there's very few. Um... It's very, very few, but very few people, like, because, you know, in 2019, I was, like, telling people on Twitter, I was like, play this game, like, play this game, and uh, someone, like, a buddy of mine actually sat down and played it, and he was like, dude, you were absolutely right about everything that you've said, like, uh, I don't know if, if he said it was, like, his game of the year for that year, but, like, he was like, you're, you were absolutely right, I was blown away, like, I was crying at the end, like, it's so good. It it's so good. Like I don't know. I and part of part of me is just like it's kind of like jealousy, just because like the Last of Us gets so much love when I think that the Walking Dead does a lot of what the walk the Last of Us does better. So I'm just like, please, please. It's it's so good. Uh, I'm gonna ask a, a follow up question, and it comes from Control Alt Noob. They ask, how does this game rank compared to the other Telltale games, and why? So Mo, you you kind of went through and, and said um, what what games you've played. I've I've played a few more, but I think that this is is near the top. Like this this game is really fantastic. I think it's number one, and then Wolf Among Us season one is is number two. Uh, but it sounds like I need to play more more of these games. Cam, have you played more of them than just The Walking Dead? I've played all of them except for Guardians of the Galaxy. And the second season of Minecraft Story Mode because I, uh, I try I wanted to uh, get it before I got delisted, but I think I got like the dates wrong or something. So by the time I tried to get it, it was already delisted, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I didn't get to play season two. Um, and uh, yeah, I um, if you asked me like a few months ago, here, here's the thing. I think that like from a investment in a like emotional standpoint i think that the final season of the walking dead is telltale's best game i think just a, like from an, a more just like objective like beginning to end standpoint i think the wolf among us is the best telltale game personally uh shortly followed by seasons uh four and uh one of the walking dead i think those three are de- like definitely like in their own like tier um, I know a lot of people really, really love Tales from the Borderlands, and I'm a big Borderlands fan. Like, Borderlands 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but I personally thought that, like, it that game took way too long to get going from a story standpoint, from a, uh, like, I w- like, it wasn't super funny to me until later on as well. Um, I, I just think that it just took too long to really get the engine running. That um, it I I think it's good, but I don't think it's I definitely don't think it's the best, and I I don't think it's like in the same tier as those three games. Um, I enjoyed both the Batman games. I think the first one's stronger than the second one, uh, though the second one does at least attempt to do something new with the Joker, which is really cool. Um, Minecraft Story Mode, legitimately pretty solid. Like again, nothing to gawk about, but so- solid. Um, I think and it was it. available on Netflix too for a while. I yeah, think. yeah, uh, it was weird. And Patton Oswalt voices the main character in Minecraft weird. Story Mode. Uh, fun fact. Uh, yeah, so those are all the ones I've done so far. Uh, I plan on playing Guardians of the Galaxy. I've heard that's like considered the worst 
Um, since you know the Walking Dead till now, uh, till uh, yeah, you know of like the modern Telltale games. Yeah, exactly. I heard it's like just the very most like okay, you know, this is what this is type thing. Um, but I do want to play it because it's the only one that I can play that I haven't played yet at this point. So I just I just haven't taken the time to do so. <clears throat> Don't sleep on Poker Night at the Inventory and Poker Night at the Inventory too. Those are those are fun <laughs> weird games if you've if you've not. Uh, if you've not heard of them, you you get to play poker against what? like a character from Team Fortress Two and Which one? Strong Bad. Oh. Like it's bizarre. Uh, Mo, there's a question specifically for you. Uh, it comes from uh, Shane Chiasson, uh, who edits videos for the Left Behind Game Club. Thank you, Shane. Incredibly, uh, he asks, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently next time, Mo? I think I would go the Ooh, Jacob bro or the Cam route from this playthrough, full aggro cause as much chaos as possible and see how the story changes because <laughs> i was very level-headed and like kind of seeing how things go compassionate but i think any aggressive decision is probably what i would do just to see how it but maybe like you jacob i might have a change of heart if i if it gets a little too wild but that's what i think i would do uh, last question uh comes from i am link hs on twitter they ask do you have a go-to zombie apocalypse plan in place already a fun question to end i do not I do not have a bug out bag. None of that stuff. You guys go to zombie apocalypse plan. No cam. Nope. No. I'm I'm probably one of the first ones out. Let's just say that. I'm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have one, but now I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. I think I get all my camping gear. My girlfriend and my dog. We get <laughs> on the motorcycle. Gear, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. have camping gear. Oh, I've got I, I got rigged out. I got all that stuff. But no, I, I think I'd hit the mountains, uh, huddle down. And uh, wait for the storm to drift over. Catch my food. I think that's what I'll do. If it's anything like uh, our playthrough of... Oh, what's that Joseph Ferris game? A Way Out. If it's anything like our playthrough of A Way Out, we're just going to go hunt fish in the mountains together, Mel. Mm-hmm. And it'll be it'll be all right. Going to go fishing this weekend. Uh, <laughs> fishy. Come on, fishy. That is our playthrough of Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1. Uh, Cam, I just want to say a, a huge, huge thank you for joining us for the entire series. Uh, we were very, very, very um, blessed to have you. Blessed is not the word I want to use. We were very thankful to have you. Uh, so uh, before we close it, uh, let folks know where they can find you on the internet and find your your wonderful, wonderful work. Yeah, uh, so I'm currently like uh, not writing for a specific side so i'm freelancing so you can see me really anywhere as possible at this point um but again i am uh, currently a co-host on ign's podcast unlocked uh ign's xbox podcast uh new episodes come out i think every wednesday so at the ver- at the latest so um you can hear me on there and then i stream on twitch uh tuesdays through fridays normally from two to six um on twitch.tv slash cam final mix um mo where can folks find you? You can find me most of the time on the Discord server. Um, that's uh, you can be found at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. If you hit that link, it'll redirect you to our server, um, and you can come chat with the fine folks, discover gaming deals, and just banter about all the bad decisions we made in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right now in the Discord, uh, folks are talking about the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, they're talking about our playthrough of Detroit Become Human. Uh, it's it's really popping off, so I, I highly recommend checking that out, leftbehindgames.club slash Discord. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. Uh, I'm on TikTok, 
uh, and t- I'm mostly on Twitter, but I also am on TikTok. I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast. We are just wrapping season two now. We've got 20-ish episodes that you can check out. You can find that at cutscenes.ca. And if you want to follow the Left Behind Game Club on social media, you can do that too. Leftbehindgame.club on sorry, Left Behind Game Club on Instagram, Left Behind Club on Twitter. If you like what you heard, send this show to a friend or consider giving us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. And with that, I hand it over to my wonderful co-host Mo to do the thing he does so well when Mike's not here. Shout out Michael Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one less episode and game left behind. I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lesbrance. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game movies and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you soon. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.